0: Welcome back to episode number 96 of The NP Dude. This is Jeff, The NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, guys. I really want to hear from you. I want to hear comments. I want to hear questions, concerns, headaches, problems. It really doesn't matter. I'll take anything. I'm just interested in what's bugging you guys because it's got to be bugging you. It's got to be bugging me. It's got to bug all of us because if we're going to be on a unified front and we're going to approach things in the same way, we all got to have the same knowledge. and We got to have the same approach and, and, and I might not have the right approach. So I need to hear from you guys. If you guys think I'm doing something wrong, you think I'm, I'm, I'm making mistakes. I want to hear, I, I need to hear from you guys. So email me, Jeff at the NP You can always catch me on Facebook and send me a PM there. You can get me personally, Jeff powers on Facebook as well. Don't forget you can friend me on Facebook and I will accept your friendship personally. But you got to have something in your uh, history there, in your in your bio and profile page that shows that you're a nurse, nurse practitioner, going to school for a nurse practitioner or something like that because I'm not going through what I've been through in the last couple weeks, where weeks or last week or two where I get people wanting to say weird things to me. So I don't want to do that and I don't think you do either. But you can friend me. We're still just below 1290 high 90s. And it's because I did a show on my way home yesterday, and this is the next morning, so I really haven't had much exposure, because I just published my crappy show, and I still haven't published my episode 95, so I'm still behind on publishing. But I want to get some stuff out, because I have gotten some responses from people, and some questions about things, <clears throat> and I want to do some clarification on some things, too. One, um, one other housekeeping thing, don't forget, you guys, share the show, like the show on Facebook. Give me a Facebook rating. Give me an iTunes rating, and don't forget to use the Amazon affiliate link. Now, one thing I did do in my latest episode number ninety-four post is I actually put the hyperlink on my web page. When you click on the Amazon, there's a little hyperlink. It that's another way that you can get to the uh, the Amazon affiliate. Is just if you see that little hyperlink, the little colored you know Amazon in the text, hover over it. It gives you the 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 um, the hyperlink click on that or you can click on the box it's on the side if you're on your, my main page on the uh, on the web or your mac or whatever and it's on the bottom if you're using your your mobile device so scroll down use that don't forget to support it you might need to turn your pop-up blocker off to get it to, to work but it should Open up in a new window, and it should give you right to Amazon. Go ahead and do your shopping you otherwise would have. It doesn't charge you anything extra, and what it does is it kicks me a couple percent of your purchase. So don't forget to do that. Try doing it. If you are having problems with it, don't forget to let me know so I can try to fix it. I'm trying my best. The um, topic for today, this will be probably a pretty quick show because it's raining, and it's kind of gloomy, and I think this is Irma. We're getting the remnants of Irma hitting us up here in in Ohio now and uh i'm running a little behind, so i gotta drive a little fast so i'm gonna kick it up a little bit but i wanted to talk to you guys because i had one come up on facebook this morning it was last night but i saw it this morning and uh here's what the, the issue was person gets a letter in the mail or somehow notified it. and i'm not sure what the notification process was and i didn't want to get into it on facebook but i wanted to, the question was has this ever happened to anybody else and the, the question is is you get notified by an insurance company that someone has died and that they're not going to pay the claim. Now, that's all that this, this post said. So here I am sitting here thinking the insurance company was, you know, the person died and their medical insurance doesn't pay their claim. In other words, they're not paying you and you're being summoned, right? Or you're being told to come, you know, talk to lawyers about this. And they're not your lawyers, right? They're they're someone else's, the insurance company's lawyers. And, uh, you know, they want information about this individual so that they can say, you know, we don't really need to pay it or we do need to pay it. The the contention was is that they lied on their application for insurance that they, they did not have certain medical conditions and then they died. Whether they died from that medical condition or not, I don't know. But the fact that they lied on an application for insurance now voids the insurance policy regardless of what kind of insurance it is health care insurance or uh, life insurance doesn't really matter can void that there's a there's a clause on almost every insurance contract that says if you do not if you falsify information or you do not provide accurate information and you attest when you sign the, the contract that you're giving the most accurate up-to-date information you have about yourself and if you lie on that then guess what you just lost insurance you lost everything and you paid the premium for nothing. Right. So what, what I took it as was, was medical insurance. Like it was, you know, they lost their health insurance, you know, upon death. And then, you know, they had outstanding bills and, and, um, they, they didn't want to pay the bill to the provider or to the hospital or something like that. And, and those hospital bills would get attached to, to the house that maybe they owned and, and maybe the family was trying to get that paid for That's how I took it. So, um, the, the difference here is this, and I made the comment. Well, it depends. Somebody said, "No, I wouldn't do anything without a signed affidavit from um, the the patient saying that I could disclose that information because it would be a HIPAA violation." And that may be accurate. They may be true, but it depends if if it's if it's healthcare insurance and you are the provider and you also are covered on that insurance as a as a provider. So you have a your 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 credentialed through them. Then then you have to pretty much give them information. It's their information. It's their health information. They have full access to it. So if that's the case, you kind of have to comply. I would still get a lawyer and go talk, you know, to an attorney and say, make sure I don't get in trouble here blowing a HIPAA. You know, give me a once over, maybe go with me to this meeting and you can just protect me, make sure I don't say something stupid that gets me in trouble, right? Or, or unjustifiably hurts my, my deceased patient or their family. So that's that's where I was taking it, but then somebody said, "No, what if it was just just life insurance?" And I reread it. I, I think it's insinuated that it's life insurance policy is what was being paid out. So I I insinuated wrong, and I and I kind of commented that way. So that I apologize on that Facebook thread. I didn't mean to mislead, and then somebody called, called me on and I said, "Yeah, good call me." And that's that's kind of what I you know that's that's a good point. But um, if it was a, a life insurance policy of your patient, they lied on the application. And then, and then the insurance company is now calling you saying you need to come and talk to an attorney. There's a couple things I would, I would recommend you do. First, you you want to talk to an attorney. You do in this case. You just do. Because if you do blow a HIPAA, then the family um, who may be, you know, the beneficiaries of that life insurance policy may have an action against you. And that's just not worth the headache. So you pay a couple thousand bucks maybe to an attorney to protect your ass and make sure you're covered on this one. Because it could be a lot more expensive if you don't do that. Now. In in general, if you are getting a letter in the mail that says, even if it's a certified matter, letter that's you know from FedEx or the mail or you know whatever that's that's you know you sign on the line and you receive this piece of letter mail whatever it is, and it says you must show up for a meeting with attorneys, that's not that's not proper um, service of process. Service of process is a court order that says you must appear before the court or you must appear before a, um, um, a proxy, if you will, of the court. So it could be even like for, um, you know, j- just, um, just to go meet with attorneys and, and do a, do, do, a deposition or something. Okay. So, so it doesn't have to be in the court itself, but it's a court order to go, you know, see a representative of the court, which officers of the court are attorneys, by the way. So, if you've had proper sub- service of process, you got to go. You can't skip it because if you skip it, then you're in violation of a rule. And if you're in violation of the rule, now there might be a warrant out for your arrest. <laughs> so if you get pulled over for a speeding ticket, you might get arrested for you know this warrant that's outstanding for not showing up for a court order. So you got to show up. You can't not show up. It's a big deal. But I would definitely, if I had a if I had a subpoena or I had um, service of process. That was tr- properly done which is by a sheriff in ohio it's by a sheriff you got to be served by a sheriff and um if it's outside of the county where the where it's happening so if you're two counties over chances are they're never going to send you a service of process because they have to pay for mileage if, of those sheriff and the sheriff's time and it's very expensive so the um the person that is trying to get your information has to pay for that so a lot of times You know, if you have a plaintiff or a defendant, I don't know, it just depends, and they're trying to pull somebody else in as an expert or as an eyewitness, it can get expensive if you got a bunch of eyewitnesses, because that's basically what you are at this point. You're not an expert witness. You would be an eyewitness. We've talked about the level of witnesses in the past. Go back and type witness in my search bar. You should find it. Okay? So, you're not an expert witness. You're not being called as an expert witness in this situation. You'd be an eyewitness. And service of process must be done properly. Now it might be different in different states, but for the most part, it's you got to have there, there's a there there is a process for service of process, and an attorney in that in your state and in your county will know exactly what it is. In Ohio, it's got to be a sheriff. It's got to give it to you. They got to they got to say here you've been served. You have to show up at this point. Blah 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 blah, and then they document it and all that stuff, and then and then it gets recorded at the, at the court, the clerk of courts, that that service of process has been made at this time at this place, and blah blah blah. So you can't refute it. So if you got a fax that says show up to see our attorneys or you will be in trouble, you just ignore it. <laughs> That's not service of process. If you get a letter in the mail, just general mail that says you must show up,
1: you don't need to listen
0: to it. You just say, give it to your office manager and say, here, I don't know, you can send this to legal if you want, but I'm not going. And, I, and I, I've seen this happen once personally where I got a letter in the mail that said you need to show up for court. And I'm like negative. It had nothing to do with this. It wasn't service process. I'm not your expert witness. They were trying to drum up expert witness. And that's I'm not. I'm not playing. <laughs> homie don't play that. Remember that in living color. Yeah, homie don't play that. It's great. So you you really need to have proper service of process if if it's really true. Otherwise, I'd say kiss my butt. You don't need it now. Even if they even if they have a signed affidavit that says. Um or assign consent for release of records, I would just give that to my office manager and follow the office pro- policy and procedure for releasing records. I would not show up with records in hand. That's called deuces tecum by the way. If you ever see that when you see a subpoena deuces tecum it means we're subpoenaing you and you bring all your crap with you. That's what deuces tecum means. Um and that's kind of what they, it sounds like they're looking for, for this individual to just show up and bring all these records and, and come tell them all the expert stuff that they want to hear so that they can get off the hook of paying whatever insurance it is. So it really depends. But I read it one way. Somebody else read it a totally different way, and, and it was kind of unclear. But when you read back, it seems like it's insinuating that there was life insurance that this, this is happening to. I wouldn't go. I just Personally, I'd be like, mm, kiss my ass. You can, you can subpoena, you can send a subpoena, and, and once you file an action through the courts and you want to actually get me involved, otherwise kiss my ass. I have no obligation to you. I have an obligation to my deceased patient, and uh, it's a HIPAA violation even, in my opinion, after death, that right dies with the patient. I never have the right to waive that. The patient is the only one, and if they're dead, they can't waive it. So it was a neat, interesting thought. I never thought anybody would get that type of letter, but it just goes to show that, you you know, you, you can get letters that say you got to do all this stuff and it sounds official and it's got some law firm letterhead on it. And guess what? They're trying to scare the pants out of you so you show up and do something stupid. Maybe they're actually not um, representing the life insurance co- company or the insurance company. Maybe they're the plaintiff's attorney's and under the guise of oh, you need to show up for insurance, but in reality, they're they're attorneys for the uh, a plaintiff, maybe for a wrongful death claim, and they're trying to drum up a deathful death, you know, wrongful death suit or something like that, or a malpractice claim against you. So I wouldn't break my protocol. I would just send you know if they've had a signed affidavit that's that shows that they've got a consent, then I might send it, but it's going to go through my my office procedure. To send records, that would make me a little nervous about that. I didn't even think about that till just now. Maybe they're just trying to—that's against the rules of ethics, by the way, as an attorney. But guess what? Attorneys like to skirt the rules, so maybe they disclosed in small print to you that they are a plaintiff's attorney and that they, um, you know, want information, and you, they're having a meeting, and they want you to bring all this information about the insurance claim not getting covered. So that might be what's going on, too. So you get your attorney, review the letter, and uh, if there's something shady, then uh, I wouldn't hesitate to file a complaint with the bar against some scumbag attorney that might be trying to do something shady. Because if they're doing that to you, they're probably doing it to a bunch of other people. Not cool. It's absolutely not cool. So good good thread. Neat, neat thread. Never saw that one before. It was, it was, it was interesting. Um, what else? Another one. Another one from, um, oh, there it was. Uh, insurance question. Somebody said, What about retroactive insurance policies? So they, they've heard of, they, they listen to my, all my, my insurance shows, and they said, Well, what about taking care of insurance in the past and uh, insuring you for the past? And I thought, Well, that's interesting. I never really thought about it because in reality, if you're a claims made, you don't need to worry about that. So if you have a claims made policy, then it covers you for the period of time that you have your insurance policy, regardless of when the uh, tort or malfeasance or malpractice or whatever occurred. So that 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 would cover you as long as you had your policy up to date, you'd be good. It wouldn't matter how long ago it was. It could be 10 years ago. it's Whatever. No, statute of limitations still applies, but you, you get my point. The other thing about that is, okay, well, what if it was a, an occurrence-based policy. Well, an occurrence-based policy is when the occurrence happened. not it, it, It's not when the, a, a policy was in, in effect, right? So let, let me rephrase that because I'm, I'm trying to drive. Got screwed up there. Dog was almost running in front of me. So an occurrence-based policy is at the time, as long as you have the insurance at the time that the occurrence happened, so if you had coverage, say from two thousand January of two thousand seventeen through through January through uh, January of two thousand eighteen, right? And I prescribed something wrong, or I didn't, I missed a diagnosis, and somebody got hurt and lost their kidneys, or you know died, or whatever, heaven forbid, right? I've, I severely screwed up, and if I did, and I had an occurrence based policy in this year of twenty seventeen, all the way through January of two thousand eighteen. Then, then what would happen was you know 10 years from now if the statute of limitations did not apply in other words they could bring a claim against me as long as I had insurance back then in 2017 in in 2027 if they brought a claim against me I'd still be covered because I was promised that it would happen now here's the fear and and, and I saw the 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 Texas lawyer guy and I don't use his name he made a post and he said this in his post I read his whole post and it was a lot of words it didn't you know, it wasn't anything special. It was a lot of the stuff that I talk about in my podcast. And we, we've learned the same things. So it's it, it's on point. It's a little little rambly, but it works, right? Gives good information. And one thing in there that he did say was, and I think I've said this in my previous podcast, but it's good to reinforce, is if you have an occurrence-based policy, it's only as good as the insurance company that you're contracting with. So you don't go buy an occurrence-based policy with a fly-by-nighter. So you do need to check their rating right? There's an a plus rating. There's an a B rating is what they call it, but you can get, you know, if they have an a plus rating, that means they've been around for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. They're probably not going to go anywhere in your lifetime or they'll get bought out. And they'll, they'll honor those contracts or things, you know, so is, so that, that, that's the question is if you, you know, this company's been around for two or three years and you contract with them and you give them, you know, a bunch of money to cover you and then 10 years from now or five years from now or whatever it is within the statute of limitations, you get a claim against you, then you're kind of screwed if, if you don't have a good company. So that, that's an important part. But what about going back with an occurrence-based policy? Because it's only as effective as when the occurrence happened if you had the insurance policy then. So the only h- hypothetical I could come up with for that situation Is this, if you go and say I, you know, I'm I'm a newer NP. I started, say, in 2000, beginning of 2017 is when I started, right? So I've been practicing for nine, nine and a half, almost 10 months. So I started this year, but I didn't get insurance. So say maybe my employer said, yeah, we'll cover you for insurance. And I I wasn't smart enough to actually get a copy of the policy or I trusted that they were going to get me on to their, as a writer to their policy or whatever, But for whatever reason, they don't do it. And I go working for an entire year, and then I realize, man, these guys are shady. They didn't even get my insurance policy. They didn't, you know, maybe they're not paying me, whatever. And that's not true, but let's just assume it is. And I say, I'm leaving. And I leave after one year of service to that that employer. And in year two, I say, you know what, I'm going to get me an insurance policy that covers me. But I want an occurrence-based policy from here forward. Because I like the idea of, you know, not having to get tail coverage with a a claims-made policy or having to buy multiple claims-made policies later in life to cover me like a tail policy. I've talked about that in the past, too. Go back and look at claims-made. But the the problem is is that, well, now I need to cover me for that previous year, but I want an occurrence-based policy that will cover me for that year. If you did a claims-made, it would cover you, so you don't even need to worry about it. So you could do a claims-made policy in year two and don't worry about, worry about that. You're good, right? So you got a claims made policy, it covered you you for the previous year because if a claim happened, you know, I hurt somebody in year one and in year two, I got my claims made policy. I'm good. I'm covered. It covers me from previous stuff. That's the good benefit of of a claims made policy. Um, But an occurrence-based policy wouldn't do that because it's when the occurrence happens with the insurance policy being active. It's not when the occurrence happened. Well, the occurrence happened a year before, but the problem is you didn't have an insurance policy. So an occurrence policy wouldn't cover you. Now, I think that you probably could, and I've never checked this, and I can't find any information on it on just on the interwebs real quick, search. but I think that you could probably backdate your occurrence policy application for the year before that, but it might look a little bit, you know, questionable, like, man, okay, you 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 want to go back? It's you know January of 2018 in year two, and you want to get a new policy, but you're looking back an entire year through 2017 on an occurrence policy. You know, what did you do wrong? It just seems like you know you're you're covering up something. Like maybe you think you did something wrong, and they may not they may not underwrite that. But if you talk to your to your um, insurance company and say, look. The, the company I was with, you know, said they were going to cover me. They didn't cover me. And I want to cover myself with an occurrence policy for that previous year. I'm sure they'd, pay, they'd sell you one. I just don't know what the price would be. I don't know if it would be just like doubling the price or if it would be, you know, an order of magnitude higher because, you know, you were newer NP or you were, um, You know, you you didn't have insurance and it looks a little sketchy and, you know, the guy that got you kind of, you know, painted in a corner. And so maybe they can charge a little bit higher for it. So you may pay more for it for that extra year. But to me, I would just get a claims made policy for that year. That's just that's kind of what I would do. I really would. And then after that, what I would do is just switch over to an occurrence based policy. Now, you you may feel like you're a little bit underinsured for a little while for you know six months or a year, but you'd still be pretty, pretty safe. You know, the level of risk for nurse practitioners getting sued, it's like 3%. It's really low. I mean, I'd go to Vegas with those odds. And if you're you're a good NP and you're doing what you're doing and you educate the patients, then, you know, that even goes down substantially from there. That's with all the bad apples we've talked about in the previous, right? So the the people tend to like their nurses more. That's why our insurance policies are substantially less than what a a physician's is. People want to sue them. Because they're in and out, and they don't talk, and they, you know, about the money, and they drive nice cars, and they wear nice shoes, and you know, whatever, right? I don't know if that's true or not for everybody, but it seems to be the, the theme. But that was a good question. I never thought about retroactive insurance policies other than just with a with a, a claims made policy because claims made covers you. So I don't know if you would need to go to the occurrence based policy. If somebody do that, if somebody's getting an occurrence based policy out there right now and is looking at an occurrence based policy instead of a claims made policy, ask him what it would be just for shits and giggles. And then let me know, email me, jeff at the NPDude.com or send me a Facebook post or note or something and just say, Hey, I, I checked out that and here's what's happened. Or if you have had to do that and have done a retroactive occurrence policy, someone tell me how much you paid, like how much more was it than what it would be for just the first year of actually paying for it rather than, you know, looking back. So it was a great question. Never thought about it. See, you guys are smart people. You come up with stuff I never even think of. I'm not sure it matters, but, you know, it's a great question. So keep those things coming to me, guys. It was great. I love it. it stimulates my brain while I'm driving in the rain doing, like, 70 miles an hour and on back curvy roads in the northeast Ohio. Love it. All right, guys. Don't forget to share and like the show. Don't forget to use the Amazon affiliate link. Try it without the pop-up blocker. And uh, if you have having problems, give me a note. Send me send me a, a a smoke signal that something bad's going on with it, and I'll try to fix it. I really do. Chronic contractible shirts. I just haven't had time. I've, I keep saying it. I just don't have time. Maybe on a weekend. Boy Scouts or Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts are starting up now, and uh, we're getting soccer and band starting up. Oh my God, it's crazy. Kids are crazy, right? It's fun though. It's so fun. We get to do so many cool things. So, anyways, keep listening, keep sharing, spread the word. Have a great day, and we'll talk soon.